Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast on this beautiful Friday afternoon. I'm your host, James Coe, joined alongside by, it's a full house again today, folks. We've got Matt Harmon, West Virginia's finest. What's going on? Hey, you rarely lead off with me. This well, you know, I usually shocking. go, here's the thing, I usually go clockwise or counterclockwise. Today, I'm going to go clockwise. Okay. And well, that's how I always hi. end up on you. Okay. Hi. Oh, okay. Well. And hi to you and everybody else listening. Okay. Too. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, It's Friday. And it's I'm, Friday. It's Friday, and I'm here. You have a job. <laughs> it's Friday. You've got stuff to do. It's Friday, oh. Friday. Got to get down on Friday. All right. Oh my God. Man, this is oh. this is a low energy start to the podcast. <laughs> Whiskey from Wisconsin. Alex Gellhart. I'm ready to go. I'm just wrapping up cup of coffee number three today. Feeling <laughs> that's it. That's it. Yeah, well, but just night, just, was, just was, so we're clear, he says cup of coffee, but what he really means is it's his cup is about uh, an ounce or, it's, or it's, a, it's a big gulp. It's yeah. a big it's a gulp. Bit, <laughs> coffee. <laughs> He's got a 40 of, uh, of coffee. <laughs> a 40. That's great. I love it. We got a full house again today on a Friday. Despite it being Friday, the franchise is top, in the building. Whoa. Top 40 chais top in the house. In the What's up? <laughs> All right. I, I, I have a fake narrative to spin here. Yes. If you guys recall a few weeks ago, there okay. was a discussion about uh, if Harmon liked Monday or Friday podcasts better. That's right. And he said he liked Friday because I think it was because this is the fake narrative because I'm not actually here. No, right. that is just... Well, you know that's what? Accurate. That's accurate. I've missed two straight podcasts, so uh-huh. your dream came true. But now it's your worst nightmare because I'm here on a Friday, buddy. <laughs> this the, is not why... No, 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 no. where all the energy is right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's I'm all a little, bottled up in franchise. I'm a little like, caught off guard. I should have known that the narrative was going to spin back. See, see what I did there, guys? I don't, I don't dislike the Friday podcast because... I mean, I don't like the Friday podcast more because you're not here. I just... I like preparation into the week better than recapping it. I know. It was just a fake narrative that yeah. I, you know, I hold grudges. See, you're letting... See, pull back the curtain here a little bit. Sheck is trying to it's trying to pry us apart after bringing us together for the fantasy hipster thing, and you're you're letting him do it. Yeah, I should oh, just wow. I should just block all the haters. Okay. Yeah, block the haters. I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> Had to get that off my chest. Wow. Okay, right. we got a big time show in front of us here today. We're gonna do uh, we're gonna do a Thursday night football reaction. We're gonna do deep sleepers, and we're gonna do EDG every damn game, covering every single game that's coming up 
on a Sunday, a little bit light because there's a lot of bye weeks this week. Oh, F1. Part two uh, of the bye week apocalypse. I know. Uh, but we start the show, as always, with our top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, hide your wife. LaShawn McCoy back practicing in a limited capacity. He's got a hamstring injury. Told reporters he was, quote, ready to roll. He seems pretty confident about playing on Monday. And as a matter of fact, uh, head coach Rex Ryan said that he's pretty confident that LaShawn McCoy will be back as well. It's an absolutely terrible matchup on the road against Seattle. Do you trust LaShawn McCoy despite the injury and the bad matchup, MG? Uh, I do because there are so many teams on a bye this week. Um, I mean, I, I like the fact that it is a run-heavy offense, and it's one where he's going to get plenty of opportunity. Um, yeah, I know the matchup's not great, but Horrible. I, I like the potential for volume. Now, I would like to hope that he's healthier than the last time they tried to run him out there when he just didn't look like himself at all. I think he had like nine touches, nine carries or something like that and didn't do a lot with them. But, uh, yeah, in a week where everybody's going to be shorthanded. I mean, going through my lineups yesterday, it was just – I mean, it was it was like a ghost town in my in my fantasy lineup. So I, I would trust McCoy this week. Anybody ben- basically benching the guy? I mean, I know it's hard with the, this many teams on a bye, but, boy, it's hard to trust. It is Seattle he's going against. Yeah. On a, you know, he's not going to be 100%. I don't know. I think what I would recommend, and you can do this since it's the Monday night game, yeah. I would try to acquire like some sort of, you know, Mike Gillisley's obviously gone, but I would try to play McCoy in the flex spot and then acquire maybe a receiver on Buffalo, you know, maybe like a Marcus Goodwin. <laughs> Are there any receivers on Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, like Marcus- Percy Harvin? Jeez, revenge! Uh, no. But uh, like either one of Marcus, Marcus Goodwin, maybe like a Jermaine Curse or Tyler Lockett if he's been dropped and like have those guys as insurance and kind of judge where you are going into the Monday night game. Like if you need that kind of ceiling, maybe then you play McCoy and just take the risk if you're already about to lose anyways. Mm. And, and if you're pretty much kind of going in with the lead, maybe then you, and you just need a little bit of help. Then you play one of those other guys. I will say this too. If there's any kind of tightness in his hamstring, keep in mind, Buffalo does have a bye week. I wouldn't be surprised. I really wouldn't be surprised if the team played it a little bit cautious, maybe rolled him out there, see how he goes. And if he feels any kind of tightness whatsoever, they're like, you know what, man, let's pull you back. We got a bye week next week and and we'll roll you out again uh, against the Bengals after the bye. I don't know. It's a very high risk, high reward. And quite frankly, is it really high reward? Reward too, considering yeah. that he's taking on. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's it to me. I I almost feel like you can't play the guy, especially given uh, that he plays on Monday night. All right, we'll go to San Francisco. Carlos Hyde reportedly has a sprained AC joint. Uh, that's his shoulder. He's been practicing, but in a non-contact jersey. He told reporters that he's sore and that he is iffy for Sunday versus New Orleans. It's a beautiful matchup, but uh, he told reporters he's not sure how he'll handle a hard hit. He has no idea. Asked about whether he was going to play, he said, quote, I'm really not sure. Mike Davis, Dewan Harris, I imagine you got to keep pretty handy there. All right, let's move on. Green Bay, James Starks <clears throat> was back practicing in a limited capacity but is unlikely to play this week, according to PackerNews.com. Ty Montgomery also back at practice working almost exclusively with the running backs, doing, quote, all of their individual drills. 
Montgomery is expected to be the lead back Sunday. Randall Cobb limited with a hamstring. He's now looking, I don't want to say doubtful because that's not his official designation, but certainly he has been ruled a game-time decision now for the second straight week for the uh, Green Bay Packers. I guess... It's looking bleak. I saw another report not that good. wasn't Packers news that said uh, he's not as far along as he'd like to be. Yeah. With uh, which, with a hamstring injury, is not a great indicator that he's going to play this weekend. McCarthy called him a game time decision. So, uh, as for like Starks, I think he's an awesome stash this week. He's probably going to headline the waiver wire on Sunday just 100%. because. And I'm getting way more tweets about stupid Ty Montgomery again. <laughs> yes, people, believe it or not, I saw that he was in the meeting rooms with the running backs and yep, stuff. That's right. However, with Starks coming back, there's a very good chance that his role in the backfield diminishes greatly when they have a feet Unless he balls out. Unless he balls out. And if he does, and if that continues, then we'll make the switch. Stop okay? trying to change rules I mean, in the middle of the game, people. Like, look, I'm starved at wide receiver <laughs> in a couple of leagues, but I can't switch Theoretic to a wide receiver and start him over Mohamed Sanu or, there you, you know, Adam Humphreys, whoever I'd like. It's How are the hell are we still talking about this? Because <laughs> people won't let it go. But we can they let won't. it. But we can let it go. Right, we need but to we, address it. I, my mentions I, otherwise are a disaster. So I like for his, a guy who doesn't care, it sounds a whole lot like you care. Yeah, <sighs> I care that we're talking about it. I don't care about the topic. All right, let's go. But yes, uh, just a sidebar. If Randall Cobb sits, I think that's good news for Jordy Nelson, who played a season high sixty-three percent of the snaps in the slot. Last game when Cobb sat out, and oh, that's he interesting. Caught a fifty-eight yarder, his longest catch of the season. Still not getting any separation. Yeah, but his separation, like most receivers, does go up in the slot, and you just you're not going to face as much tight man coverage. So I think that's good news for him, especially because it's not like the Colts have any good nickel defenders, anyways. Yeah. Uh, I think especially if Cobb sits, man, like Jordy, Devontae, and Ty are all like borderline wide receiver two or must, better play. Must start oh, like, all of them. Yeah, because the Packers don't have a running game, so they're gonna they're gonna throw it 50 times again, and each of those guys is you know looking good for 10 plus points. And the yeah. thing is, this team is built to throw. I mean, I know they want to run the ball, but they're built to throw. I mean, they've got Aaron Rodgers. They've got these wide receivers that all have good size and good speed. I don't know, man. It's uh, yeah, it's it's interesting. I know they their their hand has been forced into throwing, but in a way, I think that's kind of good for them. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I wrote about this in the next gen stats column that has too many words in it. Uh, like their best, <laughs> their, their best, their best personnel package, uh, I think, is having Randall Cobb and Jordy Nelson in the slot when they're on the field together. Uh, uh, what's his name? Adams. Uh, Adams on yeah. Well, how did I forget his name? Uh, the left <laughs> wide receiver spot, and then at the right wide receiver rotate. You know, and uh, Davis, Davis, Allison, Allison Jeff Janis, and then have you know Ty Montgomery in the backfield, and they could do a lot of different things with that. I don't know if they want to play that way, but I think that's how they're best fit. Might be the best name in all of football. Geronimo, Geronimo Allison. Geronimo Allison. Fantastic name. So great. All right. In Kansas City, Spencer Ware concussion has been ruled out. He didn't practice all week. You could fire up Charkandrick West with extreme confidence. Jeremy Macklin uh, did miss practice on Thursday with a groin injury. Uh, was back at practice on Friday. They gave him a probable designation, so it looks like he's going to be good to go. Although... He doesn't have a great matchup against Jalen Ramsey, who's been uh, emerging as a top-flight corner in this league. And Macklin himself has underperformed tremendously. He's got two touchdowns on the season, and I don't believe he's topped 80 yards uh, ever in the season. And he's got, I think, four of his last seven. You might be able to just say ever. His season high was 78. (laughs) His season high was 78. Pretty positive. I mean, with with the Chiefs, you might as well just say ever. Good. (laughs) All right. Uh, meanwhile, in Pittsburgh, Big Ben was a limited participant in practice this week, did seven-on-seven seven drills, shared first-team practice reps with Landry Jones, and receiver Eli Rogers said, quote, 
it looks like he's good to go versus the Ravens on Sunday. Hmm. I'll ask Franchise this. I think he is going to go, or at least he'll give it a, a good, solid college try. Yep. But he's on the road against Baltimore, and for some reason, those AFC North games uh, just turned into slugfest, and, and, and Big Ben on the road has been atrocious. Yeah, don't care. I think if Big Ben starts, he's got top 10 fantasy upside with oh. all these guys on buys. If he starts, you got to start him. He's Big Ben. He's got Antonio Brown, Sammy Coates out there, yeah. Lev That's Bell good. to throw passes to. He's got all the weapons. He might be limited, but so what? Big Ben being out there makes me feel better about Sammy Coates potentially this yeah. week. I, you know, I, I think Antonio Brown's a guy you go with regardless. We've seen that Landry Jones will throw in his direction. I don't know that Sammy Coates is really a viable fantasy play if Landry Jones is the one back there slinging the rock. So I want to throw out this good nugget Agree. Uh, Rank had from courtesy of the stats team in his like-dislike column, which you should all read, which was published is today. a must-read. Uh, slash like-dislike. Uh, ben Roethlisberger is just two and five in his first start after an injury with nine touchdowns and ten picks. Yeah. So hell. add that onto his already awful road splits, and I am off of Big Ben this week. Yeah. I'm not starting Ben, but I would start Coach. Oh, Coach is also <laughs> you off guys the can injury. do whatever you want. <laughs> Fine, don't listen to me. There you go. I mean, Coach is off the injury report too from that hand yeah. fractured thing that or laceration, laceration or whatever good. that he yep. had. So that's good news too. And Ben loves throwing the deep ball. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I, it is a pretty dicey matchup on the road. Ravens' uh, defense has been around. stingy this year. but Been I better think, on the ground than in the air. I too. think you got to take your chances with all these teams on bye. Yeah. All right, there you go. Wait, uh, let me ask you guys a question. Yes, you what? stream Colin Kaepernick against the Saints or start Big Ben on the road? Oh, Colin Kaepernick all the way. All the way. Uh, I, I just don't think it's that. I don't think it's that simple. I'd I mean, start like, Big Ben. Kaepernick hasn't, he hasn't even had 200 passing yards in a game yet. And like you're you're praying you're praying that he gets <laughs> actually it kind of does though well, like, it only, only does. because but not necessarily because he runs so well but much. see but then you're then you are you need him to get you those sixty five right. to seventy rushing yards and you need him to get you touchdowns like if he gets get you you know one hundred ninety five yards and a touchdown and maybe sixty receive sixty rushing yards like that ain't great playing the Saints though I mean yeah. Great. That, that game, yeah, that game matchup. could that game could push like 150 plays run with the way the That's 49ers, the 49ers great have the lowest second I mean, per play in the I, league. The Saints have the I most plays run. I understand all that, and I go back to what I told you guys at the beginning of the season. If he's not connecting with receivers, if he's throwing yeah. two hoppers, it doesn't matter what the ma- it doesn't matter how bad the defense is if the quarterback can't get it to his guys. That's yeah. It's a, I mean, it's a terrible offense. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think to answer the question, I think I would just go with Big Ben. Yeah, you go go with the better core. Go with the better player. Yeah, he's the better player. Yeah, but I feel like that could tiebreaker. I, I say that, but then I could easily see like Sunday night looking back and be like, that was wrong. That was. The I, uh, I all right. So James and I say Kaepernick. The three you say Big Ben. Let's we'll, we'll talk on Monday and see like which it. one was the better play. Fight. I'm, I'm both going to be. I'm kind of like, dancing the sidelines. I feel like they're both going to be equally meh. Yeah, <laughs> it's a, it's an awful week like, for streaming. Oh, like, it's so just, bad. We're gonna we're gonna come back on Monday and it'll be like you know Kaepernick had thirteen points and Roethlisberger had like thirteen and a half. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, when man. like when I, Sam Bradford and Colin Kaepernick and Ryan Tannehill are among the top quote unquote streaming options, it's oh, not good, God. folks. It's not good. Bad. But, but man, I dude, I, I am. I don't know why I'm I'm absurdly high on Colin Kaepernick this week. I played I, I played this crazy. I played this game uh, against when they played the Bucks before their bye, and uh, I mean he it was fine. Like that's the thing. Like eighteen 
points. For who no, he, start he, he got over? 18 points against the Bills, but then he had like 13 or 14 yeah. against, oh, the, right. against the Bucks. But, I mean, but that's that's kind of the – which is so weird to say, but like that's the appeal of Kaepernick this year is more so the floor than the ceiling yeah. because of the volume of plays that they right. run and his rushing ability. I mean, they the, the 49ers by far lead the league in rushing yards by quarterbacks. And it, Like, who do you play him over? That's what the – I had Cam on by, so. Oh, All right, we should probably move on. All right, let's go to Minnesota. Jarek McKinnon returned to practice Thursday in a limited capacity. Uh, He's been dealing with an ankle injury. He's very confident that he will play versus the Lions. Needless to say, it's a good matchup. Corey Coleman was back practicing in full. Remember, he broke his hand in week two. He's expected to play versus Dallas, and as a matter of fact, he practically guaranteed it. Uh, He hasn't (laughs) played since week two, as we mentioned. Uh, By the way, oh, by the way, Mm. It's a homecoming narrative. Oh, yeah. Is he Dallas native? Coleman is from Dallas. Uh-oh. Yeah, buddy. Uh-oh. Narrative street. <laughs> uh, what does this all mean? Look, I, I think Corey Coleman, if you if you got him, I feel confident about firing him up. Uh, Dallas has got some injuries in the secondary there. We sh- that's fine. Uh, but I will say – oh, go ahead. We go should ahead. mention Cody Kessler has been named the starter. Oh, that's yes. right. That which, is which is, I think, a bit of a negative for the pass catchers. Agreed. Maybe not a well, negative for the Browns' functionality on offense, but I mean Josh McCown, we know has a lot of degaff to him, and we'll fire it down. The right. I think I think it's more negative for Coleman than it is for Pryor, who seems to be able just to do a little bit of everything in that offense. Yeah. I Does agree. this open yeah. it up for for TPS Corey Coleman coming back? I mean, I don't know. He hasn't really been you know super bracketed or anything like that. I mean, he's just been winning his his matchups regardless. So is I that true? I thought I thought the I thought I read a, a stat that he had been uh consistently double teamed over the last four weeks. Maybe, I don't know. I mean, but at the same time I think that he's he's it could certainly open things up for him. I mean, just having another option on the field and, and like the Browns have a lot of firepower and we've been yeah. talking about this since the preseason. Pryor has played well above I mean he's been what you kind of wanted Josh Gordon to be, you sure. know, which is crazy to say, but Ooh. I mean, he, he has been. I don't know. <laughs> this, yeah. this former wide receiver right. that I told people to draft in the sixth round because I'm an idiot. <laughs> there's, no, uh, there's nothing negative for Terrell Pryor about Corey Coleman coming back. True. Yes. There you go. That's what I would say. All right. Tony Romo quote throwing missiles, whatever that means. Or, <laughs> or maybe he just looked like a quote little missile. That was the greatest tweet this week. What? what double whatever the hell that means. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean. What does that mean? Looking like a little missile. Just so we're we're clear, this is this is thing Dez said. This right? is something Dez said. Dez either said he's Tony Romo was throwing missiles, or that he looked like a little missile. Like, is that a compliment? I don't know. <laughs> what I, does that mean? Like, if somebody's well, meant to be, but meanwhile, Dak just keeps rolling along. I know. Yeah. Dude, against Cleveland, give me all of Dak. Yeah. Uh, I if like you're it. playing DFS, like the, the Dak Zeke stack is great because you're mortgaging all of the potential. Yeah, the old, right. the old Dak stack. Well, can I say this, though? See, no. I've got Dak and, and Zeke on a team, but the thing that I'm worried about is that either one guy's going to go off or the other guy won't. Right. Well, that still means but, you get all the touchdowns, though. Yeah, I that's, think that's the thing. It, like, if they're going to, if they are going to go off. Then if they both go off, great. If one goes off and the other doesn't, then you're just still getting just pretend both of them scored those points. Yeah, okay. just just take to, like I I have Philip Rivers right. and Melvin Gordon in my All league right. of record, and like that one week when Gordon had four touchdowns or whatever, Philip only put up like 14 points, but Gordon had like a 32 burger. So I was like, all right, let's just in my mind slide like eight of those over to Phil, and <laughs> bam, what a, yeah. what a great day. Right, and like last last week against Philadelphia, both of them scored very well. That's true. So that's I th- true. it's it's something like especially when. Dave when you're chasing like a big a big point total like that's what you're going for you're hoping that like 
Dak throws two and runs one in, and Zeke goes over 150 yards and run one, runs one in, which is certainly possible against this Browns defense. Or Dak dumps it off to Zeke. Or even that. 60 yards See, so the house? No matter, unless unless something right. terrible happens, okay. like Terrence Williams scores on our wide receiver reverse Right, or right, right, right. And they don't really use that that often. All right, so uh, meanwhile, Akeem Tlaib didn't practice this week with a back injury. He went so far as to get a second opinion on his back. He's looking – He's out. He's, he's ruled been out ruled this out. morning. Yeah, All right, there out. you go. Uh, I thought he was going to be a game-time decision. I guess he was ruled out. Yeah. What does it mean for Amari Cooper? This is good news for the Oakland passing attack. There's no doubt about it. I think it's better news for Amari Cooper than Michael Crabtree. Cause I, think, I was going to say the opposite. I think I think Crabtree has kind of become that guy that everybody focuses on. Yeah, you know, he, I've heard I've heard defenses say that when it comes to facing the Raiders, not that they're not worried about Amari Cooper, but I think I think a lot of teams have concentrated more energy on Michael Crabtree. Especially Gosh, is that right? Yeah, the, uh, the red zone target. I can't remember who it was. They played. There's somebody they played a couple weeks ago, and one of the defensive backs said, "Yeah, we were more worried about." Michael Crabtree. Uh, why I was saying that I think it's better for Crabtree is because I was peeking at next-gen stats, and Harmon, you might know this a little more. I don't know if you wrote it up yesterday or not, but Crabtree plays, more of, his, Crabtree plays more of his snaps on the side. So I didn't get a chance to read it yesterday. That's okay. There's a lot of words. There's, there's a lot of words, and I've been having <laughs> yeah. to look at other words, too. Um, but Crabtree plays more of his, his snaps at the right wide receiver spot, which Correct. means he would have locked up with Aqib Tlaib, which now means he's probably going to get Bradley Roby. Uh, well, I think Roby tends to play the right corner when Harris moves into the slot, but Harris plays at the right corner spot more than any other. So, I yeah. mean, I think he and Cooper are going to see a lot of each other exactly. on Sunday. But I think that it's, it's definitely good news uh, all around because, I mean, those guys, Cooper plays over 50% of his spots at the left, snaps at the left wide receiver spot, but, I mean, he's still going to move around plenty. So Yeah, it's good for both of them, but if there was one that I thought got a slightly bigger bump, it was Crab. All right, there you go. DeMarco Murray was a full participant in practice Thursday. He was limited with a toe uh, injury earlier in the week. Tyrell Williams, Benjamin, uh, Travis Benjamin, rather, both limited in practice Thursday with their respective knee injuries. Tyrell Williams sounds pretty confident that he's going to play. He told reporters, quote, I'll be good to go. So does Benjamin. Benjamin also said he's going to – is looking likely that he's going to play. Hunter Henry, meanwhile, hasn't practiced all week. He's looking very unlikely to play. I didn't get an update on Hunter Henry, but he's I – He's been ruled out, I think. There you go. He's going to be – ruled out Sunday versus Tennessee. Steve Smith was back at practice, uh, not in front of reporters, which I found to be very interesting. Uh, it's the first time in four weeks he's been back on the practice field since spraining his ankle. Another tight end, Dwayne Allen, was back practicing. Looks like he's going to be a go versus Green Bay. We're not sure how much he'll play, but he will be out there. Uh, <clears throat> he was limited in practice with an ankle injury. This could obviously have a very large negative impact on Rainbow Six. Jack Doyle. Not Jack buying Doyle. it. You're not buying it? Not buying it. Tell me why. I'm off Dwayne Allen. I'm done. I tried to ride for this guy for <laughs> years, and like I've got nothing to show for it. Okay. Even when he's there, he gets a couple of targets. I mean, I'm done. He's on the I field can't. a lot. Yay. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm, I'm over it. It's. I guess it's just a question of, does Andrew Luck, uh, for some unbeknownst reason, I don't know why he likes throwing Dwayne Allen. He likes throwing to tight ends. He likes yeah. throwing to tight ends. And, yeah. and Dwayne Allen's going to be on the field, which I think digs into Jack Doyle's targets. I mean, even if you Great. just look back at the history of when Allen and Fleener were together, like Fleener would go off when Allen would sit. And we've seen the same thing pretty much happen with Jack Doyle. And you've right. got to at least raise the question, if you've been riding Doyle, 
does this mean that's the end of that gravy train? How bad is tight end this week, by the way? Oh, it's it's oh my God. I it's think so bad. Terrible. Jordan Reed, Gronk, Martellus, Eifert, all on a bye. It's I would bad. This week, I would maybe still start Doyle because it's so tough. But yeah. like, if you look at when they were both on the field healthy, week one, four targets for Doyle, six targets for Allen. Yeah. Week two, four targets for Allen, five targets for Doyle. Week three, five and six. Week four, four and one. But, I mean, they all split. Then you get uh, week seven when uh, or week eight, I think, when Doyle's Do- out. Ten targets for ten targets for Doyle. So like they they are certainly going to split work. And the trouble is, even if Allen isn't one hundred percent and he only steals two or three targets, right? That could be a big chunk off of Doyle's potential workload. And Moncrief is back too, and yeah, he's going to be the top threat in the red zone regardless. He had like a forty-plus yard touchdown called back last week on a holding penalty, yeah. and he still got forty yards and a touchdown last week. Boom. And even though the uh, Colts wide receivers didn't do much last week against Kansas City, they were all three of them were on the field for over eighty percent of the snaps. Oh, right. is that right? Yes. So they weren't running a lot of twelve, huh? It I was guess, bas- I guess not. basically 11. So, yeah. All right. all right, there you go. All right, let's talk about Thursday night football, shall we? Atlanta taking on Tampa Bay. It was an ugly game. There's no question about it. But the great thing about it was that pretty much every fantasy asset that you threw out there did okay. Yeah, that's true. Matt Ryan, I mean, just went off. He went berserk. Uh, Julio Jones had a nice day, 111 yards and a touchdown. Freeman had a, a, a very nice day as well. Uh, it, I, I mean, I, we're at the point now, right? I mean, I know Matt Ryan is, you know, is your quarterback one or whatever it is, but gosh, he's in the he's got to be in the discussion for the MVP as, as well, no? Oh yeah, Certainly. no doubt. Yes. I mean, both both fantasy and NFL MVP at this point because he has just been so good and. Um, I mean, I feel like like we are long past the point of saying you should start. I, I feel like after after he went to Seattle, yes, and put up a twenty one fantasy point game. I mean, he had uh, what a three thirty five, three touchdowns in Seattle. In Seattle, like at that point, there were no more. I mean, there were no more doubts. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, even against Denver, he had fifteen points right. in in a matchup that hardly anybody can even approach those numbers. Right. And yeah. Fact- so we're about we're about like. Three or four weeks past the like we're long be. past that now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, by the way, three hundred and forty-four yards for Matt Ryan and four touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm-hmm. He was tremendous. I mean, I get the Tampa Bay's passing defense is uh, bad. Is real bad, actually, is the uh, official term. It's very, very bad. But I thought Matt Ryan looked very sharp. Man, twenty-five of thirty-four passing. He was. He looked really, really sharp. Meanwhile, Devontae Freeman, seventeen carries, seventy-seven yards for him on the ground. Also added what uh, two catches and twenty-eight yards there through the air. So he gave you uh, double-digit points. It's pretty good. Uh, any any takeaways from the Atlanta run game? No, nope. not really. No. Nope. Jones still balling. 111 and a touchdown. It was so funny. I had plenty of people like uh, tweeting at me during the first. Again, people stop first half tilting. It's not good for your health. That's true. You know, so many people are like, "What do I do with Julio Jones? What am I supposed to do with Julio Jones?" Then he finishes like, and actually, I, I fell asleep for a portion of the game because oh, okay. I don't sleep at at night at all anymore. Apparently, and I woke up and he had like over 100 yards and a touchdown. And a lot of people in my mentions like, "Okay, never mind. I'm good now." <laughs> he had 11 targets in that game. Yeah. Uh, as well. All right. Meanwhile, on the other side of the ball. Uh, Jameis Winston, 23 of 37, 261 through the air, three touchdowns, had a fumble lost, but overall a very nice, uh, very usable day uh, in fantasy for Jameis Winston. Did leave that game, if I'm not mistaken, with he a did, minor with a knee injury. Knee injury, injury but, although he says he feels good. Yeah, everyone yeah. pretty much you know, was uh, saying that he looked good to go, just basically precautionary taking him out. Mike Glennon even scored a touchdown, for goodness sake. <laughs> 
Oh, boy. Uh, 10 of 11 for Michael. <laughs> 75 yards. That's pretty good. Uh, Peyton Barber got nope. the start. 11 carries. An atrocious 31 yards on the ground. This backfield's not great unless we get Quiz or Doug Martin back. I mean, Please, Doug on, Martin. They are on their fourth or fifth string running back yeah. at this point. I mean, it's what bad. do you like? What 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 can you really expect? They're, they're starting a what, what was Peyton Barber like a sixth, seventh round rookie, and yep. uh, he was an undrafted rookie. Oh god, he was undrafted too, and a veteran that wasn't in the league like a year ago. That's so. But was he? But was he on undrafted? <laughs> Uh, I don't know because I don't really know what the qualifications to be on that show are because apparently you can get drafted. To be Anyways, one thing I will note <laughs> about this game is it followed suit with so far this year games where Winston passes for north of 30 attempts, Cameron Brait produces. Okay. Like that's those are basically the only games where he's put up usable fantasy weeks because otherwise he doesn't block as much, so he gets off the field when they're in more run heavy. Who was strip. the receiver that uh, that had been playing well last couple? Russell weeks? Shepard. Russell Shepard was, was, was out. He was out. With I thought that was important uh, for both Adam Humphreys and Cameron Brait. Mike Evans was his usual sterling self. Eleven catches, 150 yards, two touchdowns. One of them was just, I mean, just absurd. I, I mean, when he just. Like sunned Robert Alford. <laughs> yeah, it was man. just like nope. yeah, like how at first in the broadcast you and I were watching that at the bar before the movie. They were like, "Oh, that might be a penalty." Oh no, that's just one guy being bigger and stronger. Than the other guy. <laughs> that was absurd. It was disgusting. It was I, awesome. I tweeted out a pie graph uh, from the air yards, like the intended air yards of the two quarterbacks, and you look at Mike Evans' share of the air yards, which is ex- like how far the ball actually travels in the air. Okay, and it's over fifty percent, which is, I mean, that's just outrageous compared to what these other guys are doing there it's it's wild just the massive share of the of the offense that he has right now and you can't really blame them they they don't have any other threats it's nope. true to your point mike evans 17 targets out of 48 pass attempts he has over 100 already and he's only played 7 games That's he's insane. he's on pace for over 200 to like more than what julio jones got last year oh i mean my. so it's he's oh going to have a special season uh 35% of the targets but Matt, he drops too many passes don't <laughs> at me <laughs> I'm uh, old enough to remember that when that was going to keep him from being great. Oh, can, right. I, can I also mention, too, Austin Hooper? Uh, yeah, he, we, oh, yeah, people talked him up as a good spot start because yeah. Tammy was out and he got in there. So I thought he looked good. Uh, he's going to be a guy we need to keep an eye on next year. I he think. had three catches for 46 yards. He had a long of 28. Um, I thought I thought Austin Hooper looked very good. Uh, I, was, I was encouraged by what I saw, especially considering that the Falcons' offense, uh, to this point, they haven't really thrown. To the tight end very often. Well, Jacob Tammy was one of the league leaders in red zone targets before ah. this game, which because apparently I guess it's just illegal to throw to Julio Jones yeah, in the red zone. They don't do that. Which is very sort of, like curious. He's, he's too good. It's right. Maybe the it's NFL cheating. rules did actually come down. Like, oh, do we hey. not, did, Dean, did Dean Blandino make that ruling? Somebody <laughs> needs to have him come on TA, unbutton a couple of buttons, and tell us why it's illegal for teams to throw Check to your Julio email. I think, I think there's a memo in your email. Oh, oh, perfect, perfect. <laughs> also one that I've been fired for saying right, what I just uh, said. Oh, good. Hold on. Hold on, guys. I, th- I think we're getting a phone call. Prepare yourselves for heat. It's Franchise's Fiery Phone-In of the Week. My fire take is that Alfred Morris gets revenge on the Redskins. Revenge! Revenge! <laughs> it's time for Franchise's Fiery Phone-In. Franchise, I thought you were in studio with us, pal. I'm outside in the sun. You guys know, <laughs> you know what the sun is made of? No. Fire! <laughs> <laughs> All right, bud. Give us your lock of the week. My lock of the week is Tim Hightower versus the 49ers. Awful defense. Ooh. Look, look. Tim Hightower had 27 touches last week. Uh, if he gets half of that, 
he's a lock for at least 20 fantasy points Damn. against his bad, bad 49ers defense that's allowed a 100-yard rusher in six straight games and has allowed 562 rush yards in the last two games. You know what Hightower did last week, guys? He ran for over 100 yards. You know who the, the Saints' last 100-yard rusher was? Tim Hightower last year <laughs> in Week 16 against the Jaguars, winning fantasy titles. Hey, there's, so much, the there's, fantasy so fire. Fire. there's so much fire. There's so much fire. There's sirens in the background. <laughs> the fire trucks are coming to put them out. Trying to hold me down, guys. <laughs> here. No, I don't need. I don't need help. It's okay. <laughs> All right, they're oh gone. Hear what I said about Tim Hightower. Yes, yeah. yes. Heard what you, give, give me a bust of the week, bud. My bust of the week is Theo Riddick versus the Vikings. What? Everyone is like, oh, well, Jordan Howard just put up 200 yards against the Vikings last week, so Riddick is going to have a huge week, obviously. And, you know, I have no issues with that way of thinking, except that it's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Detroit running backs are averaging... 69 rush yards per game. That's 29th in the NFL. Nice. And the the Vikings have held opponents to 14 points or fewer in all three home games this season. They're at home this week. Despite the poor performance last week by the Vikings defense, they're still the best defense in the league statistically. And Theo Rick is very touchdown dependent. In games where he hasn't scored touchdowns, he's only averaging 57 scrimmage yards per game. Boom. Sleeper of the week. My sleeper, and I know I've said this one before, I've been on this guy since the preseason, is Derrick Henry against the Chargers. Look, you guys you guys know what Derrick Henry can do? What? You guys sit, on the, sit on the bench while Murray he, plays all the snaps? He can, no, he can run. You know what else he can do? What else, Bell? He, he can catch. Okay. You, know what else he, you know what else he can do? Score touchdowns? He can run the hell over people like a damn locomotive. <laughs> Oh. Okay. Look, DeMarco Murray has a toe injury. He's been practicing in full, but I'm not scared. Coach Mike Malarkey, I mean, what kind of name is that anyway, Malarkey? <laughs> like, get out of here, bro. He said they want to <laughs> He said they want to give Derrick Henry more Henry more run this week. Like, duh, why haven't you been giving him more run all season? You're letting the Heisman Trophy winner collect dust on the sideline? What is wrong with you? Derrick Henry, let's go this week. All right, fire. Is that, is that your fire take? I, I mean, no. I, oh, it's not. Okay, fire give me a take. fire take. My, my, the flames have come back since the fire department went by. Here comes my fire take. It's Damian Williams versus the Jets. He's going to get Whoa. a touchdown. What? Whoa. He's going to score a touchdown. Look, he scored touchdowns in two straight games. Arian Foster's retired now. Uh, Damian Williams is going to get additional opportunities to spell future Hall of Famer Jay Ajayi. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Damian Williams has three red zone scores this season. Jay Ajayi has four. That's only one touchdown difference. And uh, Ajayi has 29 fantasy points in the red zone, and Damian Williams has 21. Wow, Let's there go. You go. Damian Williams, if you need a spot start, throw him in your lineup and, and pray to the fantasy gods. All right, why don't you cool off and come back into the studio? Hey, we'll buddy, see. put your pants back on. Come back in. <laughs> oh, God, it's so hot out here. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Wow, franchise. The it was the best. That the fire truck came through. I, that was perfect. We did not script that, oh. everybody. <laughs> that oh just gosh. happened. Wow. That, that was, was uh, that was something else right there. Wow. That was tremendous. Maybe the best. Every time you think they can't get fierier, more <laughs> fiery. Fiery. The flames just keep coming. I love it. <laughs> All right, let's talk deep sleepers. It's Friday. 
which means uh, most likely all the waivers have run. Uh, and you are looking, you're desperate right now. You're looking at your Sunday roster, and there's got some holes in it. You need some somebody. Nice. Yeah. Uh, you need somebody to fill in for that uh, that horrendous bye week empty spot you've got on your roster. Or let's in go your around, soul. Or in your soul. Let's go around. <laughs> let's talk about deep sleepers. Not for your soul, but for your fantasy. <laughs> Nothing we can do about your soul. Uh, we shall start with Alex Gelhar, Whiskey from Wisconsin. Give me oh, me first? What an honor. Well, I'm going to go to tight end since we referred earlier to how the position is kind of a disaster right now. It is. And I'm going to give you a guy. This is not a homer pick because I did not go to his college, even though it is the main college of my uh, home state of Wisconsin. Lance Kendricks for your Los Angeles Rams. He went to Marquette? No, he went to – he was a Badger. Oh, he, he was – Wisconsin. That's the primary. He's a Badger. He's a Badger. <laughs> he's a was, badger. I was oh. very confused. So, anyways, <laughs> uh, he saw – prior to their week eight bye, he saw 17 targets between week six and seven. Interesting. Got 89 yards and one touchdown. Okay. So, you know, the one touchdown in one week, obviously a decent yards the other week. But uh, I think he's a, he's a sneaky play. That, that Panthers secondary is still not the greatest. They've, they've ramped up their pressure, which could be – a disaster for Case Keenum, but if he's under duress the whole day, he's going to probably be throwing some checkdowns to Lance Kendricks. I like him for a decent little spot start. All right, there you go. We're going to go to the franchise. Welcome back with your oh, pants on now. Hi. Oh, what are we, what's going on? <laughs> Talking about deep sleepers. But. I love the ah. fact that you're just out of breath right now. Look at you. <sighs> sweating. <laughs> your your, he your was, beard hairs are a little singed. I came, in, I came in close contact with the sun, closer than any man before. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> in history? All right. All right. You need my deep sleeper? Yes. Please. Is this thing on? It okay. is. It is. All right. CJ Procise is my deep sleeper. Oh, he's back. Ugh. Oh, he's back. Look, ProSize had 43% of the snaps last week. Christian Michael, I love you, man. Stay woke. 51% of the snaps. But he's trending downward. The Seattle run game is stalling. The entire offense is stalling. Yeah. Uh, CJ ProSize was Seattle's leading receiver last week. And uh, they need his versatile skills and unique skill set. And Pete Carroll says they want to get this guy more involved. Take advantage of this of, of his skills with the run game stalling out, and I just think you know there's going to be opportunities for him to catch little little short passes over the middle. Russell Wilson hasn't been throwing the deep ball very much, so let's go fire up CJ Prosize, especially in a PPR league. Get I you, love it. Get you 12 points there. Oh, I absolutely Monday love night. It. He nice. might be scoop him now. He could be a good fill in for Lashawn McCoy if he can't go. Well, he's he, that's a good point. He he could be the, he's supposed to be the number one overall PPR back too. Uh, so yeah, he's, he's still working. A, only only eight. He's got a huge. Six. He's got a huge second half of the year. Got a half huge. half the season to go. So. Uh, we're, we we welcome you back with open arms because you have your pants on. So yeah, that's good. That's right. Uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, give me a deep sleeper. Uh, I'm going with Dontrell Inman down in San Diego this week. Uh, you know, we're still kind of waiting to see what happens with Travis Benjamin. I mean, it looks like Tyro Williams is, is going to play. At least that seems to be those seem to be the reports. Sure. Uh, but it seems like Travis Benjamin's kind of going the other way, and he may not play. We already know Hunter Henry is out for this week. And we know that the Chargers still like to sling the rock all over the yard, uh, especially against Tennessee. I think it'll happen. So Dontrell Inman, who's actually had a couple of really nice games, had a big game in week four against New Orleans, had 120 yards and a touchdown, had uh, 72 receiving yards last week against the Broncos. So he has Phillip Rivers trust. And in a week where there are a lot of other targets that are down or less than 100% in the Chargers offense, Dontrell Inman should get a lot of looks. Matt Harmon. Just to be clear, Benjamin did practice on Friday, so he's probably going to play, but he's 
he's going to be playing through a PCL sprain, which is the same injury that Tyler Lockett has, has suffered through all year and killed my brand. So uh, just to be clear on that, <laughs> uh, that, that he might be playing but might not play a big role, which brings Inman into focus, as Marcus Grant said. Uh, my deep sleeper is Brian Quick. I've written about Brian Quick in three separate articles this week. So that just, be quick. Let's that go. just tells you where my life is. Quick has actually had over 50 yards in every game since he busted through in week three. Is that right? Uh, yeah, he's been he's been involved. Uh, he had his a season high in targets with nine, receiving yards 92, and snap share before their week eight bye in London. Uh, if you look at his next gen stats, he's the most he's targeted downfield more than any other Rams receiver. And the Panthers have been giving up big plays to wide receivers with regularity. They give up the second highest yards per target to the wide receiver position with nine point two eight. Uh, Quick is going to line up a lot on the right side of the field, which should put him against a burnable rookie corner in Zach Sanchez and a veteran uh, Robert McClain. So I think that Quick is a really good play if you're shooting for ceiling. I mean, I'm I'm kind of all in on, on Quick having a really good week. Uh, he has a 70% catch like rate it. when he has less than a yard of separation per next-gen stats, and Case Keenum has oh, been good. in uh, – where we've got a new metric going on like to measure how often quarterbacks – throw when their receivers don't have a ton of separation called like an aggressiveness metric Keenum is the second most aggressive quarterback in the league behind only Blake Bortles which should surprise nobody all right there you go I'll give you one how about Kenny Stills I like that versus I like it yeah eight targets in week seven tied uh, Jarvis Landry uh, for 93% of the snaps, offensive snaps, uh, there in Week 7. I, I just, you know, the Jets, obviously, they suck against deep passes. Kenny Stills is good on deep passes. You do the math. Uh, so, yeah, Kenny Stills is a deep slayer. I, I actually feel relatively confident about him, and he's widely available in uh, the vast majority. Of the, I think he's available in 95% mm. of NFL.com league. So, you know, again, e- even if you're in a 12-team league, I think he should be. Uh, pretty widely available for you. Kenny Stills versus the Jets, my deep sleeper. All right, let's do EDG every damn game. We'll start Detroit at Minnesota. Gelhart. Uh, well, I'd be cons- I'd be seriously concerned over starting Matt Stafford, Matthew Stafford, excuse me, I uh, can't call him Matt, uh, as he struggled last week on the road against the good Texans defense, and this is a good Minnesota defense that I just, it, this feels like one of those games where they're going to be angry, like I don't like to buy into those narratives, but they've lost two straight, they're returning home, Zimmer's fired up, uh, and I, th- I think it could be hard, it, Matthew Stafford could be hard-pressed to put up a ton of numbers, I do not like any of the wide receivers this week. Do not like Marvin Jones. Do not like uh, Anquan Bolden. They don't like you either. Get Golden Tate out of here. <laughs> I'd be okay starting Theoretic or Eric Ebron simply because nope. uh, with the potential pressure, Stafford could be like he faced against Houston, could be dumping it down a lot to the two of them. Ebron, uh, in the five games he's played with the team so far this year, owns about 18% of the targets. With how bad the offense is there in Minnesota, I feel like the defense is starting to get a little bit worn down. Yep. They've got great personnel. Uh, but the fact of the matter is the offensive line is a mess right now for Minnesota. Absolutely. And yes. what we saw against Chicago was exactly that, the defense getting worn down, uh, Jordan Howard racking up 200 yards somehow. I'd love to know what the group expectation is here for Marvin Jones because I, I know that's a, a very – uh, stressful decision for a lot of fantasy owners out there. Yeah, man, I don't know. I'm still debating in some of my leagues what to do. I feel like I'm staying away where I th- I, where I where I can. I'm yeah. staying away. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I, I don't think I'm going to start him. I mean, I, I, I do. I think your point though about the Viking defense is valid, and like I think I think Theoretic has a nice week, but I do think you know if you start any Lions uh, to kind of 
you know, piggyback off of what Harmon said earlier, don't allow yourself to tilt over what happens in the first half because if the Vikings can't move the ball again this week, right, then you could see that Vikings defense get worn down. I wonder. I have to wonder though if North Turner resigning uh, has a big immediate shift on the type of attack the Vikings roll out because with how bad that offensive line was, Turner I believe runs an Air Coriel system which requires a lot of deep drops 100%. and things like that. Which obviously does not. That's why Sam Bradford would hit the bottom of his five or seven step drop and have three opposing defenders wrapped around him. He's also Sam Bradford. He's also Sam Bradford. However, uh, so that that could that could switch. But yeah, I'm not starting anybody on the Lions other than Riddick or Ebron, and then the Vikings offense. Like, no thanks. All right. Did you guys you listen to my fiery phone in? Or? <laughs> nope. <laughs> nope. I mean, theoretic bust. No, it was wrong, but that's okay. Pittsburgh at Baltimore franchise. What do you watch for? Uh well first of all Big Ben obviously I think if he if he starts you got to start him Antonio Brown is obviously a must start Lev Bell doesn't have a touchdown yet this year I is think, that right I think he has ninety nine touches true. interesting uh, no touchdown but he's averaging over a hundred scrimmage yards per game pretty good so set it and forget it Sammy Coates if Big Ben starts I think you can take a chance on Sammy Coates and hope for a home run play all right on on a bye week. Well, I'm not touching either of these tight ends. Jesse James just doesn't get the volume. And Ladarius Green, there were, like, whispers he might play this week, but I think that's not going to happen. And then on the Ravens' side, I kind of like Joe Flacco as a streaming option. Um, he's, he's I think, six straight games with 40-plus pass attempts. That is correct. So the volume is there. Great. And then the Steelers have a 26th-ranked pass, pass defense, which is P-bad. And then <laughs> I wrote about, in my FedEx Aaron Ground, I wrote about why I love – uh, Terrence West is a start this week. You can read more about that at NFL.com slash FedEx. Oh, look at um, the bug. What a pro. West averaging 4.8 yards per carry in his last three games with three touchdowns. Um, and the Steelers have been absolutely gashed by running backs. They gave up over mm. 200 yards to Ajayi in week six. And then LeGarrette Blunt ran for a season high 127 yards against them in week seven. Um, and people have talked about uh, – Dixon, Kenneth Dixon coming back, but I don't think we have Harbaugh. Harbaugh was one of the people that talked him up. Uh, I don't think he's somebody you start this week. I was going to mention this when you were done. But since waivers are done, you can add him for free right now without a priority or fab spend. Sure. Uh, Dixon might be a good stash for next week in case he does see a larger role this week. You'll already have him on your roster. You know, I'm a fan. All right. There you go. Obviously. The Jets taking on Miami. Harmon, what you got? Yeah, I think you did a really good job of outlining why – uh, why why Kenny Stills is a really good spot start. Uh, but Devontae Parker is questionable coming into this game. He's also – he played 69% of the snaps, whereas you mentioned Kenny Stills plays 93% of the snaps last week. But I, even, if Parker does play, I don't hate him as a dart throw because, again, he can get deep too. Uh, but Kenny Stills is probably the preferred option there. Uh, in the slot, I think the, the Jets have been giving up a, a ton of production to slot receivers. They give up one of the highest touchdown rates in the NFL to slot receivers. So I think that, that obviously going to be a big Jarvis Landry. We probably got you started every week. The question is, the Jets are like the definition of a funnel defense where that they get whipped through the air by passing games, but they're, they're pretty strong against the run, one of the best run defenses in the NFL. Do they bring 
down Jay Ajayi's hot streak coming out of the bye. I don't think we're going to see 200 yards out of him again, but I don't think that there's any situation where you're not playing him this week. Bro, look at the numbers. He got 200 so, yards in two games in a row. He's going to make it three, obviously. I mean, so you're basically you're predicting that something that's never happened in NFL history is not going to happen again this week? Wow. Yes. I mean, regression, you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you got you to gotta go bold when you can. You know, you know me. <laughs> Still going to be Hall of Famer, though. I, True. I well, am well, his jersey is already in the Hall of Famer. Yes. Because okay. he did that. But And then, uh, I mean, on the Jets side, I mean, you kind of know what this is right now. Matt Forte had 61 total touches the last two weeks. I think that is how they play their offense best, though. I mean, it's not going to be efficient. It's not going to be pretty, but he's going to grind to 3.5 yards per carry, and it's going to keep the ball out of Ryan Fitzpatrick's hand for most <laughs> of the time, which true. is a good idea. Sort of like management doesn't <laughs> trust him or something. <laughs> Almost like that. And, but I think Quincy Inunua and Brandon Marshall are both really good starts against a, a bad Dolphins secondary. Nice. All right, there you go. Uh, Dallas at Cleveland. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant? Uh, I think, first of all, you can feel confident in, in any Cowboys you have on your roster. Dak Prescott, Des Bryant, Cole Beasley, obviously Zeke Elliott. Um, you know, any of those guys you can feel confident about starting and rolling out this week against a bad Cleveland defense. The other side, I think, is going to be a little bit more intriguing. I don't particularly like Isaiah Crowell this week, partially because – He's not getting a ton of touches on a regular basis. The Browns don't run the football a whole lot. I think they're just running it like 36% of the time, which is in the bottom portion of the league. Um, so the the combination of not getting a lot of opportunity combined with going against the defense that's giving up about 93 rushing yards per game, that just doesn't seem to be all that great. But I am very curious to see what a – and I know this is going to sound weird, but a Cody Kessler, Terrell Pryor, Corey Coleman trio could look like. I just think it's really intriguing, and I think that the Cowboys defensively can allow for some passing yards, and especially where what, Barry Church yeah. is out, Orlando yeah. Scandrick, I believe, right. is out as well. So you're, they're missing two key pieces in that secondary and for as much as people I know like to joke about Cody Kessler, he hasn't played bad football this year. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm really keeping a close eye on that. I would start prior. Uh, if you need just a dart throw or a Hail Mary, maybe you try somebody like Corey Coleman. But I just I just want to watch this group and see what's there, and maybe there's, there's something to build on there. Man, I'm excited to start Corey Coleman, to be honest. Uh, Jacksonville at KC. Gelhar, what you got? Uh, well, let's start out on the Jacksonville side of the ball. Uh, I would be terrified of starting pretty much anybody outside of Allen Robinson, and even then, I don't even feel then. Gr- even then I don't feel yeah. great about it. But I think this is a decent game to try and chase his ceiling. He should uh, avoid Marcus Peters a fair amount, and hopefully he can get over on the secondary defenders there. Uh, I'm not buying into anything coming out of Nathaniel Hackett's mouth in terms of running the ball more and stuff because I'm going to bring you guys back to August of 2013 uh, when I read this headline on NFL.com. Hey. C.J. Speller to run for Buffalo Bills, quote, until he throws up. You know who gave us that uh, quote? Nathaniel Hackett when he was the offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, so as great as it would be to see T.J. Yeldon or Chris Ivory take over more of a featured role here or see some carries. Would it really be that great? We need running backs. That's the only reason it'd be great. It's just because then maybe people could <laughs> shut up about Ty Montgomery and my mentions. There you go. Uh, on the flip side, I think Charkandrick West is a uh, fantastic play, as we've all kind of discussed now that Spencer Ware has officially been ruled out. Uh, good nugget. I had referenced it, I think, on Monday on the podcast, but our friend Mike Taglieri from uh, Pro Football Focus put it into uh, writing that uh, in games where he's had eight over 18 touches, uh, Sharkandrick West has averaged over 18 fantasy points, but when he has failed to hit that 18-touch th- threshold, 
he's never amassed more than like 65 total yards in a game. That's weird. So he's a pure volume back. Like he needs a lot to help get his get his thing his numbers up there. But so he's a great start. Uh, I'd be worried about Macklin and and Kelsey in this passing attack. I mean Tyree Kill is a is a deep dart throw because of his upside. But sure. I mean you're not sitting Kelsey because of the uh, the disparity at tight end, but. Just he had a huge ex- week last week too, so yeah, I mean, I'm not expecting everyone's gonna... not expecting a huge week from him. Uh no. All right, so there you go. Uh, Philadelphia at New York taking on the Giants franchise. What do you got? I have a feeling this one's going to be ugly. Mm. Uh, God, I don't think you can start anyone on the Giants side except Odell Beckham. Uh, they have not even Eli. Gross. Ew, no, oh, no way. No. The Eagles defense. He's been okay. horrible. Uh, the Giants rushing offense is last in the NFL with 70.3 rushing yards per game. Um, since week four, the Giants have, as a team have rushed for 195 yards. 27 ind- individual players have rushed for 195 or more yards since week four. Horrible. <laughs> the the uh, Giants are also bottom of the league in turnover rate, so I like the Eagles' defense to bounce back a little bit here. Interesting. The Eagles' side of the ball. Like, I don't know what to do with this Ryan Matthews-Darren Sproles situation. Like, we're saying Matthews is going to get the goal line touches. I don't really trust – like, the vol- if the volume's not there, I don't trust it. Like, whether he's going to get the red zone touches or not. I, mm. on, a, on a bye week like this, though, like, you probably have no other options. You throw him in there and you hope he gets a short touchdown. I'm personally starting Darren Sproles in a half-point PPR league. There you ho- go. Hoping for, like, five catches for 50 yards. He looked good. Rushing yards. I think he's a good fantasy he's, play this week. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. He's, like, 33 years old, and he still looks You can't quick. really turn your nose up at, at a guy that's going to see that kind of touch uh, yeah snap and, and Wentz isn't throwing the ball downfield so right and then maybe you take a shot on Jordan Matthews and hope for touchdown he's averaging 50 receiving yards since week two I like Jordan Matthews a lot in this game there you go I posted that in the next gen stats column which I keep referencing because there's just so many words in it next gen um, mats yeah <laughs> and uh they're just the the way that Eagles have moved from attacking vertically to attacking the short areas of the field it's really where the Giants are weakest they give up over 108 yards a game to slot receivers so I, I, I like Matthews a lot this week boom we'll stay with you Matt Harmon Carolina uh this is this starts our afternoon slate of games or I guess later game slate uh Carolina at LA Harmon what you got I think that it's nice that there are so many games in the afternoon too I think it's like this is, is nice? just a t- total side rant but like nice. there's too many games in the morning yeah, there are. and then there's not enough games in the afternoon. I agree. Well, like agree. Quick a quick aside on that aside is both this week and last week had six teams on by. Last week we only had two afternoon games. This week we have four, I believe, right? Five. It's weird. Five. Like that's a much better split because there's just yeah. so much going on in the early games then where you're literally spinning and then right. you're left, you know, scratching Areas of your body in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like if you've got Heads, two bad games on, and you're Heads. quickly like, "Oh, I'm I'm not interested anymore." Right. So, yeah, it's it's I think it's just better overall for the NFL to have these later games. But Carolina, on Carolina LA. and Los Angeles. Sorry, I, I said that was going to be a side yeah. thing. I mean, Rams offense. Like we talked about, some of these guys like Lance Kendricks, Brian Quick, that could be sleepers against the Panthers defense. I think if you are desperate, I think both of those guys make very good plays. Uh, we're also on Jared Goff watch though. Like Case Keenum, I don't think you can roll him out there as a streamer because he could get yanked at any time. Oh, they are they God, seem no. like they are preparing to make the move to Goff. Oh. No. So God no. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which I don't think is gonna make the offense any better. And the passing offense has been surprisingly viable at times, but the mistakes are racking up for Keenum and I think they will eventually get Goff out there, but I don't think that's like a, a net positive for Todd Gurley or anything, who continues to not be able to get anything going, and I don't think that's gonna change against the Panthers, who are still Really strong up front. So, I mean, you oh kind of know what you're doing with the Rams there. I didn't mention Tavon Austin. That was on purpose. Um, <laughs> like, 
and then on the Panthers' side, again, they're a super predictable team at this point. I think this is a good game for Kelvin Benjamin, even if the Rams' top corner, Jermaine Johnson, comes back. I think that a first week off injury, I think Kelvin Benjamin uh, could, could have his way with him. And he has over 70 yards in every game in his last three or four. So I like him a lot. He hasn't found the end zone yet. I think Benjamin's a good, a good bet for a TD this week. And I mean, Greg Olson, Jonathan Stewart, Cam Newton, those are your guys. Fire them all up. New Orleans at San Francisco. This could be a ridiculously high-scoring game. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Start all your Saints. There you go. Start them all. Start them all. Start Willie Sneed. But Marcus, Start them all. they're not on the road. I mean, they're on the road. They're not at home. They are playing San Francisco. Oh, trends. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> Breeze, all three of the wide receivers, Thomas, Cooks, yeah. Sneed. Uh, you Lean know. dog. Hey, look. Uh, I don't know. Look, look, well, look at the, look at the tight ends who are out this week. Uh, yeah, you might be starting the Fleen dog. Fleener played thirty six percent of the snaps. Josh Hill way out snapped him last week. That's fine. They but don't, throw the, ball, but they don't throw the ball to Josh. Right, Josh yeah. Hill. Like he's on the field, end, right? but they don't throw the ball to him. Right. I know, but it's just like, do you really want to play Fleener when like he's gonna play less than forty percent of the snaps? That might change. Brandon Cooks also played less snaps last week. I think it could have right. been because they were running with he, Tim Hightower. He doesn't play as many snaps, but when he He's on the field. The chances of him having the ball come his way, look. When he's on the field, they are probably throwing the ball. Is Good what point. that means. Yes. So, so there's the upside I there. I just want to put the information out. I get it. I totally get it. And you know, any other week, I would say don't start him. But a week like this, when you have not only a lot of tight ends, but a lot of productive tight ends on by or injured, um, then Fleener's not a bad option. I, we talked a little bit about the Niners' side of it. I mean, I, I guess if you are hurting and you want to stream a quarterback, you could, look. If you're into that whole Colin Kaepernick thing, don't let me stop you. Um, I just, I just, he's been so mediocre that I just, I can't really fully endorse it. Um, I would like to get behind this whole Carlos Hyde thing, but the injury situation scary makes it very scary. I mean, when you have Chip Kelly basically coming out and saying, I have no idea what's going to happen with Carlos Hyde, that oh makes boy. it hard to... <laughs> Fun! It makes it hard to start him with any level of confidence. Oh, boy. And... You can't. You can't and you don't really even know start. who. And even if he goes down, you don't even know who's gonna you know, basically it, take over that back. Is it Sean Drone? I feel best about Dewan Harris. Yeah, yeah I feel like he's he's the volume guy. Is it, yeah. yeah, you know, there's, there's but those he was guys the volume there. guy that one day. Yeah. I yeah. mean, they've they've literally right. talked about running the hot hand. It could seriously be Mike Davis. I, right. I don't know, man. I have no idea. That, like, that backfield. There's nothing line. there. I mean, there are no there are no wide receivers that you're really gonna start. All right, so let's move on. Um, right. so Flashback yeah. to the Eagles' the, backfield last year. The end. By the way, can I throw this out to the group? Are you guys actually? Buying the fact that Tim Hightower and Mark Ingram will be a committee. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I mean, fiery phone in. A, 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 a committee. In. <laughs> or do you mean that Hightower is going to be the lead back? He will be. I think Hightower will be the lead back, but yeah. but Ingram isn't. Buy it. Isn't yeah. going to be just relegated to the bench forever. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. And the I reason and, split work. And the reason I feel better about Hightower is because he's more likely to get goal line carries. Then yeah, but he did nothing on his goal line so carries bad last at the week. Goal line. But he you, you at least nothing. is getting them. Like Mark Ingram can't even get the, they would the Saints would rather hand the ball off to Kobe Fleener from the one yard That's line. Right. Yeah. That's than right. Yeah. Mark you know, Ingram. You know who has more red zone touchdowns than Mark Ingram? Everybody. John Kuhn. Oh, <laughs> um, yeah, well, he's best red zone back in the NFL. All right, so. real quick before we move on, Harmon, just because you mentioned how many snaps Justin uh, or uh, Josh Hill is playing, let's let's play a quick game of who has more targets on the year. Josh Hill or Justin Perillo? Justin Perillo or Josh Hill? Holy jo- Josh Hill. I'm going to guess Justin Perillo. Marcus? James? I got to think Josh Hill. Josh Hill. I got to think Josh Hill. I'm going to say Justin Perillo just because of the way he's asking it. Yeah. The yeah. winner with seven targets is Josh Hill. 
Yes, I was right. Trick questions. These trick questions always get Justin me. Justin Perillo only has targets. two. I win. Oh. That's that's why I brought him up because it's not that disparate. And oh Justin God. Perillo doesn't. No, no I wonder win. the Packers' offense is, is in a slump. <laughs> <laughs> they don't right. have their best weapon out there. Gotta All get right. that seam stretching, Justin Perillo. And he's stretching something, but it's not the seam. Seams of his pants. Seams of his pants. Uh, I will go on record saying I Ooh. think Mark Ingram's going to be the lead back in New Orleans. Woo! And that's coming from me. Thousand oh. yard does it, does season. It, does it hurt your soul to say that? No, it doesn't. He's not going to get a thousand. Why do you think that? Why do I? Th- yeah, what I is just your what is your reasoning? I don't buy the committee story. I mean, just because he fumbled the ball in two straight games, I don't. I and don't then buy Hightower it. came in and dominated. But he didn't, though. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like he got a lot of carries. He got twenty six carries. I get it. That's I just cool. added this to the email rundown that we'll send out to the company Fine. once this is posted. I think Mark Ingram is going to be the lead back in New Orleans. Boom. James Coe, comma Cole. noted Mark Ingram. Let's make hater. a graphic. <laughs> noted Mark Ingram. Can, can we make yes. get the social team to make yes. a graphic and blast that out on Twitter? Oh, yep, we'll try. I'm gonna James highlight Coe's, it. James Coe's face. Tennessee at San Diego. <laughs> Alex Gellar, give me your take. Sorry, I was May updating that. Uh, take is Delaney Walker going to be a game time decision now? Yeah. So mm. watch one more, one that. more tight end that might oh, not be available no. to you. Uh, I think Demarco Murray's still going to lead this backfield in Tennessee. I think because of all the injuries and stuff, I don't think it's crazy to trot out Henry in the flex. Along, I'm with you. Would you put your hands down? <laughs> <laughs> Everything I just said on my fiery phone, or you guys are just striking me down. Hey, you'll prove maybe you'll prove us right on Monday. Uh, but I was going to say I think Henry's a fine play in the flex just because DeMarco Murray has finally shown signs of wear and tear. Yeah. They they are very much in the running to win this division and go crazy. to the playoffs right now. That's crazy. Which they you think they would want Murray for, so it makes sense to give some more carries to their six foot three, two hundred and fifty pound Heisman tank known trophy as Derek Henry. Train. Uh passing game wise, I'm worried, but you could throw a dart at either Richard Matthews or Kendall Wright. Because yep. they've been they've been getting the touchdown upside lately. On the flip side, Marcus already hit Dontrell Inman. Hunter Henry's out. I think Antonio Gates is a great great play. And then uh, I would not play Travis Benjamin, even if he does feel okay and is going to play. But I would start up Tyrell Williams. Did you did you mention Delaney Walker already? Yes, yeah, game time decision. Uh, oh, game time all right. decision. All right, Indianapolis taking on Green Bay franchise. What you got? Well, uh, Green Green Bay is going to score all the points because Indianapolis's defense stinks, and they're at home, and they're it's at Lambeau. So start all your Packers. We talked about this already. All the wide receivers. You can't start and, all your back. I mean, well, I mean, Montgomery, <laughs> Nelson, and oh, uh, Adams. Oh, you mean Trevor Davis and Geronimo Allen? No, not those oh. guys. Jeff Janice. And obviously oh. Aaron Rodgers. Duh. But Duh. I wrote a little bit about Andrew Luck here in my uh, air-to-ground analysis. Oh, okay. I mean, he's the QB2 right now in fantasy. Some people might not realize this. Because I, d- I have him. I don't realize that. Yeah, he's, he's averaging so consistent. 21.03 fantasy points per game, even with Moncrief and Dorsett. Allen, all these guys out, he's been producing. Last week he struggled, but he had 60 yards on the ground, which helped boost his total. Um, he ranks second in the NFL in completions of over 20-plus air yards, second only to Matt Ryan. And the Packers, who have a banged-up secondary, allow the sixth-highest passer rating, 108.75. Shootout city. And the second-most touchdowns, five, on deep those deep passes this season. So I like it. I think I like Andrew Luck's upside. Frank Gore is a low, uh, high-floor flex play. Um, that's yeah. Go get it. Yeah, Denver. Go, go get it. All the points in this game. Our, our friends in the desert have this listed as one of the highest scoring games of the week. Oh, I are, would not at area fifty one. Yes, yeah. I would not be afraid to uh, stream the Packers defense though. I had to do that in a couple spots, even though they could give up a ton of points to the Colts. Of course, Andrew Luck is and no Andrew Luck in that <laughs> offense are still he's the most sacked quarterback in the league by yeah. a mile. Yeah, and one of the reasons he leads the league in completions of twenty plus air yards or whatever is because he He'll has to sit back there, there for. 
ever. Yeah. He'll hang in. So even if he and the the Colts put up 25, 30 points on the Packers, if they get enough sacks and, and maybe a turnover here or there, could still put up a decent week. Man. Nice. All right, Denver at Oakland, big-time AFC West battle. Matt Harmon, what do you got? Yeah, this is an this is, oh, hello. Where's hello. Mike? Uh this is an interesting game for sure. Uh it's good be good to see the Raiders in primetime after seeing the Bears in primetime for so many, so many weeks. Uh I I like the the idea of the Broncos especially in this game even though they're on the road. I think they can run on Oakland. I think they can get the ball to the wide receivers. I mean, you know what Denver's offense is. Like right. that that is one of the most highly concentrated offenses uh in the, in the NFL. And Booker last week had six targets, caught five passes. Yeah, even buddy. though he didn't play the whole game so I think he has a really good floor this week and going forward especially super high upside too the question is the Raiders like what do you do with them playing Denver it's not in Denver so that's at least a little bit better but they're one of the best pass protection teams while the Raiders are one of the I mean while the Broncos are one of the best pass rushing teams so it's tough to bench Derek Carr after going for 500 yards last week but I think it's at least worth talking about but it, with with the with the lack of streaming options, I think you probably have to roll him out. Yeah. The, Derek, the Derek Carr thing, really, I'm conflicted about it. I, I don't really know what to tell people. He's played so well, and he has such great weapons in that offense. But Broncos, and he gets <laughs> yeah. the ball out quick. Like I don't know, for some reason, everybody wants to always like call him a gunslinger or whatever. But they don't push the ball downfield that much. They get the ball out quickly. They run a lot of timing based concepts. So I mean, I think that he could certainly have like a high floor sort of game. I don't know if he's going to hit a big ceiling, but similar to like what Matt Ryan did against the Broncos, like maybe get you 15 points, get a few of his weapons involved. Like I think this won't be one of the weeks where Michael Crabtree and Amari Cooper go off, but I think right. one of them can have a big day. And if I was forced to choose, I'd probably pick wrong, but wrong. <laughs> I, I think I think I would probably go with Crabtree uh, Chris Harris has actually never allowed Amari Cooper to catch a pass on him ever. The, ever well through the two games they saw each other last year. Holy hell! So never. There is the well. I I had tweeted this out earlier in the week too, uh, as I just closed my Twitter account. Good work, idiot. Um, <laughs> that in the two games against Crabtree and Cooper last year, the um the Broncos held the the duo of them to only like twelve catches for 124 yards with no touchdowns. Fun. That so is- Seth Roberts then. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what I added to that is also that that was part of that was due to Amari Cooper having an 0 for 8 game uh, when he was dealing with his foot injury later in the season, Wash. and that this offense is better than it was last year. So there's and now that Aqib Talib is out, there's a good chance for them to buck that trend. But yeah. Yeah, as Marcus pointed out, the, those are good cornerbacks that are able to lock down good receivers. I think if you're wondering about Derek Carr, the fact that Aqib Talib looks like he's probably not going to play, I think probably should tilt you towards. And again, with the buys and all of that. I think it probably should tilt you towards actually playing the guy. So there you go. All right, last game of the week, Buffalo at Seattle. Very quickly, MG, what do you got? Uh, I don't know what to do with anybody in this. <laughs> I, I mean, I really don't. Like, you know, the defenses on either side are pretty good. Uh, the I mean, right now these teams are sort of mirror images of one another in a lot of ways. Like, the wide receivers don't really excite you on either side. The quarterbacks are both two athletic guys who – at least in the past, have shown they can make plays with their legs. We haven't seen much of that from Russell Wilson since he's been hurt this year. Yeah. Um, they're teams that want to run the football. They want to play defense. They want to kind of grind it out. But I just I don't see anybody in this game, at least right now, putting up a huge number for you. Um, 
God, I hope this. Yeah, I don't either. I'm like avoiding this game like the plague. Yeah, there's nothing about it that excites me. Do you think even 40 points are scored in this game? Probably not. No way. Probably not. No way. Crazy. Zero percent chance. It's gonna be one of those Monday night games where people have a few fantasy guys left. Like I only need seven points. Yeah, and it'll be. It'll be sweating. It'll be all the way to the end. Good luck. Good luck to you. Just like that Arizona Seattle game. It's gonna be Doug Baldwin. People are gonna be depending on Doug Baldwin and and hoping that he gets five. Dan Carpenter's gonna go off. <laughs> Steve Housh, get home, baby. Housh money. All right, daily daps and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hook. Give me daps, because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up, daps about daps. All right, daily dap time. I'll start us off. How about that? Yeah. I'm gonna daily dap. Selfish. Selfish. One- <laughs> so very selfish. Nice. Okay. Okay. Stop. High five. Why are you guys giving high fives in front of my face? I don't like this. They uh, do uh, it all the time <laughs> in front of me. I know it's ridiculous. Uh, the Wonder Woman trailer came out, and boy, I was impressed. I liked it. I thought it looked really good. I'm really excited to see it. Um, I know there's a lot of DC haters out there. That's fine. No, we just mostly dislike Zack Snyder and what he's done. To I just dislike movies. terrible movies. But I will say, I I liked most <laughs> of the trailer too. I was I was totally on board. At the end, it got a little like explosion, explosion, explosion. Well, you're gonna like, see that. I mean, yeah, but it was like uh, that's what annoys me too is when it's just gratuitous like explosions for the sake of explosion. So I was like, <laughs> I do, I'm not gonna judge it. I still want to see it because you you're right. Most the trailer for the most part looked really really good. But that was one the one part where I was like, ooh, who is uh, who's Wonder Woman? Gal Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot. I thought she was tremendous uh, in that. Uh, she Batman was such great cat. She Justin. was such great casting. Yeah, it's great. I I think she's gonna do a great job. Uh, but no, I thought uh, I think she's a great cast, and I think it's I'm hoping that it will be. A good movie. Uh, it it looked really good, at least from what I. It'd I've be seen. awesome to have a kick-ass big movie like that with a female superhero lead too. You know what? That's true. I didn't think about that, but no, you're right. Actually, I didn't think because about that because all, all of you're, the you're right. all of the biggest like so far like female characters. You what, bro? You didn't like Elektra? Uh, in recent movies, have had to have been <laughs> secondary characters. Oh, you didn't you didn't like uh, Catwoman, bro? Oh. Oh boy! I'm just gonna leave. The Ghost, what about now. Ghostbusters? Does that count? <laughs> By the way, if you've never seen Catwoman starring Halle Berry, just Google, just Google Catwoman, Catwoman basketball. basketball scene. Yep, no thanks. It is one of the most ridiculous, uh, hilarious scenes in cinematic history. And yet, I think Electrical was worse. <laughs> I don't know. It's a toss up. It's so bad. Uh, I will also daily at Mark Manson. If you have not checked out his work, please do. MarkManson.net. Uh, he just wrote a recent post with the headline, very catchy headlines, being shared all over the place. The American dream is killing us. It's a fantastic read. Um, it's not as political as you would think. All right. I know that it sounds very political, and, and I know in this political season, good God, I can't wait for the election to already happen and be over with uh so i could get back on facebook finally <laughs> but um but no the you will have found that you didn't miss much by the way it's horrendous facebook is horrendous right now i can't handle it uh but markmanson.net go check it out he's a great writer i've daily dapped him before actually is he like a political blogger no he's not that that's the funny thing he's a life blogger oh cool. so he'll give you like motivational stuff he'll give you like breakdown of like having kids i think he even has like a post about burritos uh <laughs> about what makes a good uh. burrito i don't know he's a great Meat and cheese <laughs> Hey, he's I was going to say, how do you screw up a burrito? Oh, there's so many. Oh, it's happening. So many ways. First of all, yeah. you, oh, yes. you can steam the tortilla, which is a no-no. Uh, you got to grill it. Whatever. You can also, you can also, way off you can also put the ingredients in so that you don't get every ingredient in every single No, I mean, honestly, it's been a while since That's I had true. a good burrito rant on this podcast because I know like last season we slipped into them a couple times. But anyways, let's, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> I, I said that, but now I'm thinking like, yeah, when they put like – when, it's, when the it's ingredients are wrong. like layered. Horizontally yeah, layered. That's yeah. not moving on. It's the worst. Right. 
Anyways, mm, whatever. It's Daily Daps. If people didn't want to hear this crap, they would have tapped out already. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the longest. Uh, I don't want to hear it. Okay. Uh, okay. Bye. <laughs> uh, MarkManson.net for those folks. He's, uh, I'm telling you, I cannot advocate this guy enough. He's a great, great writer. He does such a good job of taking complex ideas, breaking them down, making it entertaining. MarkManson.net. Go check out all of his work, but his latest work, The American Dream is Killing Us, uh, is going viral. And, and I read it, and it's a great read. All right, so there you go. All right, MG, my guy, Mark Schrant, what's up? Uh, I got to dap the World Series. Oh, um, my God, Game 7! I, I mean, the, what the, the game, hell? Game 7 was the capper that was just amazing, but the series as a whole was phenomenal. And, and I guess we shouldn't have expected less between the two teams that were involved. I mean, two teams with... Long histories of just sadness and true. and ineptitude. It's true. And, and to there was this was the only way I felt like the World Series could end with a game seven that was epic. That you know was extra tied, that was tied late on the home oh. run by Rajay Davis and then went to extra innings. Epic. The Cubs pull it out and rain know, delay. Rain, rain delay. delay in the Seriously. ninth in the in the tenth. <laughs> the only thing the only thing would have made it better is if somehow like you know fires started in the outfield or yeah. something like that because that's how a Disney movie would have ended too. It would have been raining and a giant forest fire would have broken out. Um, I would have been there. But congratulations to the Cubs. I have a lot of really good friends who are Cubs fans. Sure. Uh, one of my closest friends who's been a Cubs fan for his whole life, uh, who lives and works in Ireland. I was kind of keeping up with him all night, and he texted me. He says, after the game, a couple hours after the game, he says, well, it's 7 a.m. I guess I should go to work now. I'm still drunk. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. (laughs) So he teaches. He teaches at the University of Galway in Ireland. I would have hoped that he just, you know, canceled class or just, you know, just put on the tape of the game and said, here is what I was telling Marcus, I was uh, texting throughout the game with one of my my good buddies who's a lawyer in the Chicago area, and he had court, like, farther away from their office. So – he, we were all texting. We were texting. And we were wondering like how he was holding up because when I had last talked to him, it was going on like one one thirty in the morning in yeah. Chicago, and he was still finishing his bottle of champagne. Hell, and he yes. respond, finally responded. He's like, "Court went okay. Glad I didn't have to do a lot today." He's like, I'm "Currently at a truck stop, about to take a car nap before I go back to the office." <laughs> so. Hell yeah, shambles. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, you didn't even mention this, but how about that tweet from that dude from oh 2014? Oh, my God. Insane. Oh. That was what made the game for me well, as, as a as a documented not fan of baseball. I, mean, I still watched a little bit of it and, and did enjoy it, too, which is how you know it's good. But Prove it. <laughs> it was next to me. We okay. both, we both actually simultaneously <laughs> fell asleep for a little while. In okay. The okay. Inning. Also went to the gym at the, in the tenth inning. Oh, good. But I watched it from there too. Yeah, I just, I but that all that made it even more fun because then the online experience was great too. Because the tweet, the tweet for those of you who don't know, it got shared a ton. But uh, a guy from twenty, some rando dude uh, from twenty fourteen, tweeted out that he predicted. The Cubs and the Indians in this World Series, he predicted a tied game. In Game 7. In Game 7 would go to extra innings, and then the world would end. Did he predict the rain <sighs> delay part? No. No, no oh, but okay. that was the thing for me. <laughs> that was he like predict- when it started. Yeah, no, no. So so I was like, oh, he predicted the apocalypse. Yeah. <laughs> it's not going to stop raining. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's, Here's the, the full forever. Here's the full It'll tweet. rain forever. 2016 World Series, Cubs versus Indians, and the world will end with the score tied in Game 7 and extra innings. Hashtag apocalypse. Tweeted at 9.23 a.m. November 4th, 2014. 2014? It is currently up to 163,000 retweets. Oh, my God. Like, what's great is I actually saw that tweet earlier in the week, and it okay. only had, like, 1,000, 2,000 oh, yeah. retweets. And I was like, oh, LOL, this is funny. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. during Game 7 of the World Series when it's going to extras, 
my entire timeline. Is that <laughs> yes. It was insane. Daily daps of that dude. So, I, by the way, the last thing, you mentioned tweets. Yeah. The Draymond Green 3-1 sucks, <laughs> man. Oh, that's right. That tweet was, uh, was also pretty good. Oh, <laughs> good times. Matt Harmon. Yeah, so I'm going to actually do an undaps, and oh. then I will do a, a daps. Okay, great. Undaps to the people who do the worst thing you can possibly do in the bathroom. And there are a lot of bad things you can do in the bathroom. But oh, in a public geez. place, the worst thing you can do in the bathroom is spit your gum in a urinal. And right before we came into the podcast studio, I was at a urinal that had three pieces of gum spit in the urinal. Well, hey. this must be a thing on this floor. Yeah, the well, second hey. floor. Trend. Ugh. Ugh. But listen... <laughs> That doesn't go anywhere, people that spit your gum in a urinal. It leaves your mouth, and it's no longer your problem, but there's no drain. Like, it's not spitting it into a real toilet, and it's going to get flushed into a tube. Somebody has to stick their hand in there and pick that out. So if you do that, what you're essentially saying is another human, it's their job to pluck my used gum from a place where people pee, Yeah, and that makes you a bad person. Hashtag privilege. (laughs) Wow. That makes you a bad person. I wasn't going to say that, but since I just saw it on the pod, it was worth saying. Okay. Now, my actual daily dap, something I saw while we are on the pod, because, of course, I'm not prepared for this segment ever. Okay. There's a Twitter account called What He Looks Like. Oh, yeah. I believe it, it's it's at What He Looks Like. And during the show, they tweeted out, Ben McAdoo looks like a manager of a struggling hot tub outlet store. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, it's not. it was not during the podcast. But Agreed. It just got brought back. But, like, go follow that account, because some of the things that they have, like, are, are really fun. Yeah. Are hilarious. What's it's good to bring like? it back, Mark. Marcus dapped it ages ago, but it's, long, it's long such ago, a good account but it's to good. bring back. That's great. Alex Gelhar. Uh, I was also going to dap Game 7 of the World Series because I thought it was fantastic, fun to watch. Uh, speaking of things that were fun to watch, Marcus and I went to see Doctor Strange last night. Oh, great. Uh, which also a bunch of people were tweeting at. It's like, you're not watching football. Football's on. I was like, guys, it's 2016. There's DVR. There's Game Pass. Yeah, but e- you can't plus, feel it in the moment. Plus, spoiler alert for all you out there, when you guys were doing other things, we're watching football. Yeah, that, 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 that's <laughs> so, actually a good. Point. <laughs> Doctor Strange. Uh, it wasn't the was it wasn't the best entrance in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. It wasn't the worst. It was right in the middle. It was okay. good. It was funny. Entertaining. It's a good popcorn flick. Some cool. Some cool. Uh, some cool uh, visual effects and stuff. And I will right. agree with that one review that we saw, Marcus, that said, "Do not go see it under the influence because." There are some there's some trippy things, some trippy Trip, stuff. Tri- in there. What are you two? Things. What are you two implying? Trippy, bro. Beer. Beer, right. Yes. Uh, all right, franchise, beer. give me a daily dap. Yeah, I got a couple real quick. Uh, my sister got married last weekend, so daily daps to Beth and Greg. Undaps to you, selfish, not being here. <laughs> right. Well, also, daps to all of you guys, and especially Gelhar for covering my butt. There you go. Gelhar covered the running back portion of the targets and touches. Oh, on top of all of his waiver wire articles, I know that that's a lot of work, so thanks, Gelhar. You are welcome. Stud. And then I'd like to give a daily daps to Dave Damashek, who's been helping me and Matt Harmon out with a little segment on Fantasy and Friends oh on my NFL God. Network. It's the best. Called so Fantasy good. Hipsters. I don't it's know if you best. guys talked about this, but um, yes, yeah. we did. Tuesday. It's every Tuesday now. We're doing. Oh, it. it's every Tuesday now. Yes, I mean, yeah, we're. It's just. Oh, is that people right? like it, so we're gonna keep doing it. So Fantasy and Friends on NFL Network on Tuesdays can see me and Matt Harmon. There and then one more daily dap to Adam Ranks like dislike which we mentioned earlier. Okay, he he wrote an amazing article today. He does this like dislike every week. I, this is my third season working here. It's the best one I've ri- I've nice. read from top to bottom. The lead is fire, and then there are some epic little. St- 
statistical nuggets in there to help you with your fantasy stuff. There's some funny stuff. Read it from top to bottom. You won't be oh. disappointed. Daps to Adam Rank, and I'm done. All right. There you go. Are we done? We're done. We are done. For the franchise, for the WizKid, for MG, for Harmon, I'm Co. Pieces. See you later. It's going to be fun. It is. <laughs> what was that? Harmon? I don't know. That was, was that insane. That I, it like, like kind of I didn't mean for it to sound that way, but I think like that it's going to be May. Yeah. It's going to be May. <laughs> it just kind of came out that way though. Wow. So whatever. All that I do. Oh god, all right. Enough for you. Jeez. Wait, nobody else? Gelhar's Gelhar's music take. This, this is a this is a summary of Gelhar's music takes. Insync is good, apparently. Insync is great. Hey, what's wrong oh, sorry. No, boy band no, 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 I don't mean this. Ex- takes is, takes is not what I meant. I meant this is this is his tastes. Uh huh. Boy band pop music, Hoobastank, and the most garbage hard rock metal possible. Hey, look, I Dude, felt I wrong. Everything. I, felt I just wrong. summed up everything. I fell into an '80s dance music wormhole on YouTube yesterday, so go. I'm not going to criticize anything. This is fine. Okay. Oh, franchise is certainly Jane Child. Top, what about top forty chives? Mumford and Sons. <laughs> top forty chives. God damn it! You heard that? You heard that new Bruno Mars MG? <laughs> what? Have you? It's out. It's out. There's a new song today. No, I haven't. I haven't heard it. God damn it! Jesus oh I hate God. that this is a thing. Top forty chives of all the narratives. To Main, mainstream chives. <laughs> you go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all new, all hybrid Camry. Toyota. Let's go places. Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com.